little town of Cortona, the excitement of cooking in a foreign country, the intense labor of rescuing a house from ruin and the land from brambles, and meeting the people here. These pleasures paralleled the deeper pleasure of learning how to live a new life. Even the name of the house drew me here, Bramasole, something that yearns for the sun, and yes, I did. I walked from window to window, taking in the view. When I wrote the last line of Under the Tuscan Sun, I wrote the first line of Bella Tuscany. I knew I was at the beginning of my experience of Italy, the inner experience as well as the outer. Views, they are so various. From my upstairs window, I see a green sweep of the Apennines. As the wooded slopes angle toward the valley, Olive orchards begin, and mellow stone farmhouses with tile roofs anchor each farm to the land. There is no entrance of time into this view, except for a turquoise postage stamp far below, the swimming pool of friends. Looking out, looking into Italy, north, south, east, west, is the allure of the whole country. I know more now after several seasons of travels. I've been to the Heel, to Sicily, to the watery reaches of the Veneto, those revealing extremes of this country. I've fallen in love with Verona, the Basilicata, and Marche regions, Bellagio, Asolo, Bologna, and more and more with the castle towns around Lago Trasimeno, which I can see from my land. Traveling the circles concentric from Bramasole enlarges my perception of the endless complexity and richness of this country. At the same time, my travels bring me back to this rose and apricot house facing the valley. Because it seems like paradise, I continue to work to make it so. Gardening is something I always enjoyed on a capricious level. I was interested not so much in gardening as in the effects of gardening, the flower beds that bloomed on cue and the design of the yard, where to place big pots, and how to see a fine range of colors from the windows. I bought flats of just about to bloom flowers and plopped them in the ground. Now I am a convert. I've fallen into the sustained rhythm of the garden. I compost the coffee grounds and the potato peels. I've learned to double dig. With two men who know everything about the land, Ed and I have created extensive herb and vegetable plots. We acknowledge the distant future by planting chestnut, cypress, and evergreens, trees for the long haul, as well as the more winsome and immediate pomegranate, cherry, and pear trees. No trip to a nursery ends without the purchase of still another fragrant rose. Rain reactivates another fragrance, the acrid, steamy smell of sheep dung, delivered by a canny Sardinian shepherd to the second terrace just above the living room. We can't move the stuffed bags, so when it rains, we move to the other side of the house. Buying a house 7,000 miles from home once felt like an enormous risk. Now, we just live here. How to quantify happiness... Any loved house you've personally slaved over feels like an extension of yourself.
Many people have told me that when they arrived in Italy, they've surprised themselves by thinking, I'm home. I too had that sensation when I first came here. By now, that feeling has magnified. And as for a loved one, I have that scarier feeling. I can't be without you. Meanwhile, the house just stands here, indifferent, facing the changing light and weather. Cortona, 1st of September, 1998. Primavera. Fortunate that cypress shadows fall in wide bands across the sunlit road. Fortunate that on the first day back in Cortona, I see a carpenter carrying boards, his tabby cat balanced on his shoulders, tail straight up, riding like a surfer. The carpenter tosses them on sawhorses and begins to whistle.